Hey guys, Kyle Osterberg here. Welcome back to episode number two of Aussie's Overtime. It's going to be a good one today. We've got some good stories, got some good things to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has tuned in and listened and followed to everything um, dealing with Aussie's Overtime. The feedback I got was outstanding. Uh, a lot of people surprisingly loved it. Um, and then I got a lot of good pointers uh, out of some people as well. <clears throat> Starting off, man, what a day it was. I dropped my episode. I was feeling good. You know, I had, I don't know what you can call it, just a huge adrenaline spike. And it wasn't the booger sugar Evgeny Kuznetsov has taken, but it was just a mixture of dropping the episode and having a little bit of coffee. Um, I went to the rink. I was having a great practice. Um, towards the end of the practice, we were doing power play, power play stuff. Uh, and it was one of those cases where uh, my group was trying to break out or break in the zone. And we tried three or four times and it, we just didn't have the feel or the flow to it. And we couldn't get in the zone. And by the last time uh, the, our killers dumped it, I was just like, you know, F this, I want the puck, I just want to go. So we were trying to regroup in our zone, and one of the killers was pressuring hard. So our goalie stepped out and fired the puck up into probably around the blue line, top of the circle area, to one of my line mates, who was just a step or two ahead of me. And I had a ton of speed. My, I was flying like the roadrunner. And the puck was kind of wobbly, and my teammate tried to handle the puck with the skate, and as, as I came right by him, the puck bounced up, smoked me right under the visor, right in the eye, boom. Started gushing blood, had to get a couple zips, had to sit there at the rink, wait for one of our team doctors to come and come zip me up. So it was on power play practice. Technically, the goalie and my own line mate did it. And it was the day I dropped my episode. So I don't know if there was a little bit of karma because it was on a Wednesday and spitting chiclets dropped their, dropped their episode on Wednesdays as well. So I'm never going to do that again. But my day turned around. I finished getting my stitches and I was kind of a, on a low. Jumped in the car, turned it on. Immediately, the tune I needed pick me up I needed came over the radio it's like somebody was sending me a message and the song was Higher Love with Whitney Houston the remix and Kygo oh man for four straight minutes I sang my absolute heart out from my drive home uh, from the rink to my home and you know I never felt I never felt better it was from a great day to a turning point to going shitty to bringing it right back up and I couldn't have asked for a better way than to hear that that song 
as soon as I sat down in the car. But that was great. So, uh, yeah, so if you guys didn't see, I got stitches right under uh, my eyebrow, pain in the ass. It was just one of those things, fluke accident, but I think it was kind of karma. Like I said earlier with the spitting chicklets dropping their episode. Uh, it's been a good day. Um, like I said earlier too, the feedback's been good. So hopefully we can continue on forward and, and you know, uh, driving some good content for you guys. First topic I want to talk about is just some really good hockey memories I have as a, mainly as a player, um, but also one of them is a little bit deeper as just kind of a family and uh, a person aspect. So my first hockey uh, memory is that I want to share with is my U18 World Championship gold medal that we got. Uh, we played in Czech Republic. Uh, we had a really good tournament as a team. And that's one of those things where I moved away when I was 15 to Ann Arbor, Michigan. And through the two years from when I was about 15, 16 to 17, uh, you, we were around the same 20, 23, 25 guys. And you developed relationships, almost basically getting us ready the whole two years for this tournament. And we couldn't have played a better tournament our round robin was great. I think we went undefeated. Uh, we beat Canada, who was in our, um, what do you call it, your group. And then we played them right again to go to the championship game, and we beat them again. And then we played Sweden in the championship game for the gold medal, and we blew the socks off them. Uh, I think it was 7-0. Uh, so it was pretty, it's pretty cool and really special to me to have a gold medal, even though it's not Olympic or maybe even World Junior, but it's U18, and hey, a gold medal is a gold medal, right? We got some rings off of it, so that's pretty cool. My second uh, favorite hockey memory I want to share with you is for a lot of the Minnesota Duluth um, fans, obviously, you know, uh, going to the national championship, uh, the grind of that is just the whole whole season long of battling your teammates during the week and then playing on Fridays and Saturdays against another university. Um, and our team had a really good season, like I mentioned in number one, uh, podcast one. Uh, we were a really close-knit group, and that, that's probably one of the reasons why I think it's up there for my top memory other than just making it to the championship game. I mean, every one of those guys, I see him as my, a brother of mine. Um, and we were really close. The championship was held in Chicago. Um, it was an awesome venue. Uh, pretty cool. The United Center is a cool rink. Um, we got to tour around a little bit. Obviously, um, see we got to see the Chicago Blackhawks locker room, but Denver was in there at the time. Since they're number one seed, I think they got to have that as their home locker room. But we also got to tour the Chicago Bulls locker room, and that was pretty cool. Not a huge basketball fan, but I think it's pretty cool seeing a different sport and different things um, and the aspects of what players um, prefer in their locker or their stall or what they prefer to wear, this and that, which is cool. Just in another – and those guys are huge. They make me look like a Tic Tac. So it's cool to see that. But uh, going back to the game, we lost 3-2. Uh, we didn't start out the greatest. 
Um, but from going uh, from the first period, after the first period, we kind of find our, found our legs and got better and better. And within the last five minutes of the third period, uh, I think we were the, the better team. Uh, obviously, we couldn't come back. But I think uh, to this day, if you ask any one of the guys on the team or the coaching staff, if we had another five minutes, even maybe two minutes, I think we would have put one in the back of the net and tied that game up. It's tough that we came on the short end of the stuff, but, you know, that's how hockey works sometimes. And uh, at this point, I'm just more grateful that I got to that spot and we got to that spot as a group. So then my last <clears throat> hockey memory here, sorry, uh, is kind of more sentimental. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school for Lakeville South, my older brother, Zach, was a senior and... There was one game, one instance where it was a quick break. We got a two-on-one, and Zach and I didn't play on a line, but we ended up on, on the ice together at that time. And I've always been known as not so much as a goal scorer, um, but more of a playmaker. And Zach was more of a goal scorer and a bigger, grittier guy. Uh, we ended up on the two-on-one. I had the puck, and kind of baited the D towards my side and I'm coming down the right side of the rink on my backhand and Zach's a lefty and I passed it over to him and the D kind of went down as I passed it. So Zach had all the time in the world and I got around the D and Zach didn't even look at me but credit to him he put it in the back of the net which is awesome and today I still give him shit because I was open wide open back door. And he could have gave it back to me easily for a goal. But um, that was pretty cool to assist on one of my brother's goals and one of my brother's last seasons playing hockey. And I, I remember it was cool that over the loudspeaker you could hear them saying Osterberg from Osterberg. And uh, I think my mom, you know, got out the tissue boxes and started sobbing like a baby. But that was probably one of the coolest things. But the reason why I think that's also my favorite memory as a hockey player was because uh, Zach and I never had the perfect brother relationship. Like most people, I think, that have brothers um, can attest for. Zach is older than me by three years. Um, when I was a freshman in high school uh, and he was a senior, it was kind of difficult for him to understand that I was you could say a hockey protege I, I was better than him and he didn't want to accept the fact and I know I wouldn't have been able to accept the, the fact that my little brother was better so I don't know we, we kind of just hated each other um, a little bit him hating me more than I hated him just because um, you know the little brother, I, I can't really get mad at him. I was getting more of the spotlight. Um, but ever since then, uh, my dad uh, sat down with Zach and, you know, he explained everything out, kind of cut and clear. And to this day, I don't think I have a bigger supporter in my hockey career and just in my life other than my brother. Um, I don't know where I'd be without him. And the story I want to talk about is... Something I saw over Facebook from a former Minnesota Duluth Bulldog, Kyle Schmidt. 
scored the game-winning goal in 2011 for the national championship for the Bulldogs. Not a big deal. Sure, hey, hi, how are ya? But Kyle runs his own article now called The Duluth Runner. Um, I saw this article through Facebook, like I said. It's called I Miss My Friend, and it's about Andrew Carroll, who, other than Hoagie, who is um, assistant uh, equipment manager, I guess you could say, Andrew is the face, the heart, and soul of what Minnesota Duluth hockey represents. Was a captain for four years. Captain for four years out of four years at the Minnesota at Minnesota Duluth, which is incredible. That just right there that says what kind of guy he is. Um rest in, rest in peace, Andrew um took his own life away. He was battling some demons because of concussion issues in the CTE. It was either some depression, confusion, um, and I think a lot of anxiety. Um, Kyle's article talks about what Andrew was in his life or how Andrew influenced Kyle. talks about the relationship of battling each other through testing at Minnesota Duluth, which one of the tests I can... Uh, or sorry, Kyle talks about is the ten ten and the mile test, which are two brutal running tests. The mile test is pretty self explanatory. Just got to get a, a run a mile, and we had to do it under six minutes. I think I always usually finish around four or five forty eight, um, and we had guys on our team that were um, um, breeds of gazelles like Dom Toninato and. Sammy Spurl, who could just run and not get tired, and they would get five minutes flat. But And then the 10-10 test is you're on a treadmill um, going 10 miles an hour at the 10 incline, and you just got to run as hard as you can uh, for as long as you can. Uh, and then you got when you give up, you give up. Uh, once your hands touch the railings or touch anything, um, the test is over with. And I remember we did that at the USA development team in Ann Arbor. And I would get a minute 30 at best. Maybe close to two minutes if I really grind it out. I'm not a running guy, but if you if you put your mind to it and grind, you can get, get um, good distance. But Kyle said in his article that him and Andrew ran side by side and got three minutes. And I don't know how and the heck that is possible. Three minutes running on that. So I suggest to try and do it if you can. It's a lot harder than it sounds. Oh, you're probably thinking three minutes, that's nothing. But <laughs> after 30 seconds, you, in my mind, I just wanted to quit. And so try that if you want. But going back to Kyle's article, it just talks about the person Andrew was and how great of a guy he was and how great of a leader he was. Um, and just piggybacking off that a little bit about the concussions. You got to take him serious. I don't care how old you are in life. Um, they're, they're, they're getting a little closer to me just because I've had a few in my career. Luckily, all of the concussions I've had 
were good timing and not as severe as, as they could have been. There's two that were semi-bad, but they came at a good time where I could recover and rest right afterwards, and I didn't have to play or sit out a long time in my career. But if you do have a concussion, get it looked out, get it looked at, um, do the right procedures, the right precautions of what you need to do. And um, as a hitter, don't 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 go for the head. It's a lot easier saying it than it is to do it, especially coming from me because I'm a smaller player. I get my head as a, an easy area of contact for bigger guys just because of the height difference. But if, if you're going for a 50-50 puck and you see a player um, reaching out, you know, have the presence in mind, hopefully, not to, not to hit the head or not to do uh, too much damage. All you got to do is separate the man from the puck, right? Um, on the other side of it, if you are in a position of 50-50 battle, going for a, a puck too, just put yourself in a position where you're not going to get hit and you're not going to put um, your body and mainly your head at risk um, because, you know, concussions are no no thing to mess around with. And in, in this case, for Andrew's sake, I think he had a, a decent amount of them. And um, after a while, it takes a toll on you. And it, it's, it is really something hard to deal with if you do start having symptoms but you know just just learn from things and luckily and thankfully to the Carroll family for you know being as open as they are with Andrew's condition and his his death um, they're able to teach and help the younger kids and people like myself um, understand that concussions aren't are, are a major factor and even just mood change, um, mood swings. Um, if I ever find myself in that position, you know, I'm going to look out and try to get help. Uh, luckily I don't have to do that, but now, now I take hits to the head or blows to the head a little bit more serious. Uh, getting back to Kyle's article a little bit, it just, uh, it's, it's an un unbelievable article. Um, just give it a quick read. It, it's it's a little bit of a tearjerker. Um, like I said, it's called I Miss My Friend, and you can find it at the DuluthRunner.com. Uh, that's I Miss My Friend, DuluthRunner.com. Um, Kyle is going to be running a race, um, I think maybe this week, I believe. Um, it's called the Superior 50 Miler. 50 miles, oh man. I don't even think I could do that in a year. I don't know how you're doing that, I think in a day, Kyle, if you're doing it. Holy. But uh, Kyle's dedicating this race to Andrew, and I just want to wish you the best of luck. That's incredible. Um, I don't, I can't even wrap my, how, 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 you, how, how you enjoy running that much. <laughs> I can't even run up the stairs and be happy or run down to the bottom of the driveway. But uh, best of luck to you, um, Kyle. And um, I know Andrew's going to be looking over you through some of your struggles. But uh, best of luck and, and 
everybody just remembers um, concussions aren't something that you can take lightly and look up what kind of person and articles about Andrew Carroll because he's probably the most down-to-earth, uh, hard-working, best leader that I I didn't have the privilege other than maybe a few times just to meet him. I didn't have the privilege to play with him or play under him or know him quite well, but I know some of my friends um, that I did play with at Duluth, um, Riley Tufty being one of them, was pretty close with the Carroll family. So um, if you want to look up Andrew's lifestyle and if there's more articles, um, I highly suggest it because he was, he was an influencer all to the main a huge chunk of proportion or a huge chunk to the Duluth community and the Duluth hockey program, as well as Blaine, Minnesota's um, youth association and just people all over um, that have had kind words about them. So check out that article, DuluthRunner.com. I miss my friend by Kyle Schmidt. I just want to give a quick shout out to Never Peak Products. Never Peak is a thinking lifestyle brand that helps their community set goals, achieve them, and then set more. They've got some of the best apparel in the game, both for hockey players and homestayers that love to rep the Never Peak gear. They've got everything from blender bottles to snapback hats to comfortable workout tees. I know I have some uh, hats, t-shirts, and a blender bottle. I use them all daily, and I love them. Be sure to check them out at neverpeakproducts.com where you can shop for apparel or contact them to join if you think you've got what it takes to become an ambassador. Use promo code OSTI10 for 10% off your next order. That's O-S-T-Y-1-0. They've got a clearance going on right now that you won't want to miss and some even better content on the social, social medias that will inspire you to never peak. For me, I have three role models. I think more role models, the better. You don't want 10 role models, but I think if you three to, three to five or the one to five range, I think is pretty good. Uh, my three role models, uh, the top of my list first is my old man. The main reason he's number one is because who doesn't want to grow up to be just like their dad, right? My dad was the first person to show me what work ethic is like, what commitment, what sacrifice, all the little li- uh, details in life that are going to make me a better hockey player and a better person, I learned from him. My dad, for instance, would be so hard on me after hockey games, even if I played well, he would be so hard on me because he knew he could get something more out of me. Not not saying he would do that every single time, but I remember there was a couple times where I had a hat trick when I was like eight years old in a game, and I'm all giggity getting in the car, and my dad just, you know, um, he he would have this face that if he looked at you, you knew you were in deep shit, or not even deep shit, but he wasn't completely satisfied and there was this time I get in the back of the car and my dad gives me this face and immediately I just know ah shit here we go 
So little things my dad used to do and just being tough on me um, helped me in massive amounts that I can't can't show much appreciation to him and what he's done. The second uh, role model for me was Jordan Schrader. I kind of brought it up in episode number one. Jordan was a Lakeville kid, so he was from the same hometown as me in Minnesota. Um, I knew him. Um, he didn't really know who I was, but I always looked up to him. He was quite quite a bit older than me, and we were kind of the same person as in hockey-wise um, going throughout our business. So that's why I kind of gravitated towards him and tried um, looking up to him and doing stuff that he did. We, we had different um, paths a little bit. He played freshman year high school at St. Thomas. I played freshman year at Lakeville South. But then he was the reason why I wanted to go to the USA development team in Ann Arbor because he went there. And then he went to the Gophers. I went to UMD, a little bit of rivals. Um, so I kind of just followed what he almost did because he knew what it took to be successful and he has a good family over there and he was a home homegrown hometown talent that it was a good good stepping stone for me to follow along the last of my role models probably every hockey fan has heard of him is Marty St. Louis he's more of one of those guys that um, beat all odds because he's a smaller player and he beat all the odds to make it to the NHL, have an unbelievable career, and then retire with a heart trophy and a Stanley Cup. I implement a lot of my game and life around him because he was smaller, obviously, a smart player with really quick and explosive movements and just knew how to be in the right position and do the right things all the time. Um, he went to Vermont college hockey as well. Didn't get the opportunity right away in the NHL, but grinded his way out. And then once he did get the opportunity, he made it stick. So that's one of the things that I'm learning is once I have an opportunity, you got to make it stick, make that impression do whatever you can at that time to make it stick. So pick some pick some role models. It could be anybody. For me, mine are hockey players just because my hockey hockey is most of my career. But there's another person I, I look up to but is not completely a role model. His name's Ryan Dungey. Um, he's a professional motocross racer that retired last year. And he's from Minnesota too, so... That's a reason why I follow along, but he was a multi-champion in motocross and supercross, which is riding dirt bikes for people who don't know that, or racing dirt bikes. So I kind of, I don't, I, don't, I don't really look up to him so much other than the, the aspect of him just being uh, a champion and doing what it takes to win. So going along that, you don't have to have a sport-related role model or a family-based role model. It could be anybody. But I think having role models uh, is very crucial in anybody's life and 
trying to succeed in anything that you do. There's one thing I feel like I have to talk about, and it's because I see it all over social media right now, and it's in Minnesota because everybody's doing it, and it's the best thing in the month of August, I would have to say, and it's the Minnesota State Fair. For all the people that don't know like a state fair or what the Minnesota State Fair is, it's just the a huge gathering where you can get any kind of food you could possibly think of, beers, other drinks like lemonade. There's um, like f- farm or cattle life. There's contests of biggest pig or like nicest rabbits. Um, there's rodeo type stuff where people ride horses or people ride bulls. And then there's a bunch of booths and things for people to either learn about, buy, um, spread awareness, um, just things like that. But the Minnesota State Fair is the best thing ever because the food there is, I'm not going to lie, it's really fatting or fatty. Uh, everything you get is mainly deep fried or just packing on the pounds, add into the old barrel, as you can say. But it's it's so good, and it's one of the funnest things to do. The, the, I'm going to just give you a rundown of what I use, always do at the Minnesota State Fair. Keep in mind, I haven't been to the State Fair in the last three years because I've been over in Europe playing, which is a bummer because I miss it, and I love the State Fair. But So I won't know... All the new things that have came or have come to the state fair, but I'll just go over what I usually have done in the past. I always start out when we get there. It's usually eight a.m. in the morning. You go right to the Nordic waffles, which are usually just waffles um, that are smaller, like the size of your uh, hand, and then you can put jelly on that. Uh, maybe Nutella. Um, and a banana. That's what I usually ask for. Uh, and it's unbelievable. It's a great way to start your morning. Then around 9 o'clock, you mix in a nice little beer. Um, they have different kinds of beers. From uh, My brother's and his wife's favorite beer is this blueberry-infused grain belt, I believe. They have a beer that tastes like s'mores. Um, for people who don't know what the s'mores are, it's graham cracker, um, Hershey chocolate and a roasted marshmallow. It's supposed to be like a little sandwich, but they make this beer taste like it, and it's actually kind of good. I think you can only have one, and then it kind it loses its flavor, but um, it's still something fun to try. Uh, then you gotta go get your cheese curds. Love cheese curds with a little bit of ketchup. Can't have too many. Maybe ten. Ten cheese curds is good for me because it gets a little greasy and. I can't have too much of that. Got to go try some fried pickles. Minnesota. I know everybody loves their fried pickles. Those are good. I'm a huge uh, pickle roll-up fan or alligator eyes. There's a lot of people that say them differently, but what they are is a pickle um, rolled in cream cheese and then ham wrapped around it. For all my listeners in Europe, there is a huge difference between your guys' pickles or yurkins you, you have over here and 
North America are pickles. Our dill pickles are nice and I don't even know how to describe it at much, but the the difference of pickles is just way way beyond wrapping my head around and not gonna lie, North American pickles are way better. Sorry. So you finish your fried pickles, then that's when you go over to the the barns and the open stables and check out the cows. Uh, they got some dogs there that are nice um, breeders. I think uh, that can you can buy for um, future wants of getting a dog. Um, you can look at billy goats. I love little billy goats. I think they're hilarious. Matt. <laughs> um, then, uh, like I, I love dirt bikes, and my dad's a big car guy, so is my brother, and there's ATVs, tractors, but there's a section in um, the state fair that has a bunch of dirt bikes and four-wheelers, and I'm like a kid in a candy store just drooling everywhere when I see a dirt bike. Even if I'm on the road and I see a dirt bike, I gotta take at least 10 seconds just to look at it. Um... The Minnesota State Fair, it's huge too. I don't know how how much square feet it covers, but it, to kind of give you a visual, a visual of it, it's just like a huge city compact into an area that millions of people wander around. I think there's like probably half a million people that roam around almost daily, I think, but I'm not completely sure but so once you finish checking out the ATVs or once I do then I gotta go grab a turkey leg I love turkey legs uh, the old man got me on that they're just so nice and the dark meat is so good um, maybe grab a euro after that and some more beers walk around a little bit more they have some uh, carnival rides don't ride them but there's carnival games that it's nice and fun to play a little bit can't play too much or else you're gonna lose all your money and those things are a rip off to be honest but you gotta play at least 10 bucks 20 bucks worth why not when maybe maybe a stuffed animal give it to the old lady whatever and then before you leave there's the sweet martha's chocolate chip cookies and if you want heaven on earth this is the place to go to they're just the smell makes you salivate and just want to jump in a bed full of cookies. It's amazing. And for me, uh, I'm a huge cookie guy. I can't live without cookies. I don't know why. Uh, but you put a cookie in front of my face, guarantee it's gone in two seconds. But Sweet Martha cookies are freshly made all the time. And they're the best thing because they put it in this little like, not, I think it's a half gallon bucket. And they just pack it past the top of the um, where the lid would go. So you have to eat as many cookies as possible just to close the lid. And it's the best thing in the world. And then there's a little milk station that you can get like dollar milk. So you have a nice fresh warm bucket full of cookies. And then you go grab a dollar milk. Oh, There's nothing better. Nothing better. <laughs> and the, the best thing about the state fair I think is, is funny too is it's the world's greatest place to fart if you have to because no one's ever going to smell it and there's so much smells and things going on and so many people that you can just let them rip for days and days and nobody's going to know it's you because there's a million people there, right? So 
I really miss the Minnesota State Fair. If you guys have a chance, um, maybe there's, I think there's some uh, videos on YouTube, probably. Uh, look it up. It's pretty cool. And it's, it's the best thing, and I miss it. And it happens usually uh, mid-August till the end of August. And, yeah, that's, that's about it for what I would do at my rundown of the Minnesota State Fair. I got a couple stories to just tell before I close out this podcast. The first one is uh, here, here in Europe, mainly, everybody drives stick. And coming in as an import, uh, the car they give you is a stick. Unless if you ask for it. Um, but for me, I just... I know how to drive a stick and I'm pretty good at it because growing up I had dirt bikes and four-wheelers and stuff like this. So it, it wasn't, it's not really a huge problem or transition for me. But the other day, um, pulling out of my apartment complex, you, uh, I go right and there's a stoplight and you can't turn red on or right on red. So I'm sitting there just waiting, kind of jamming out to some tunes on my way to the rink. And there's probably three or four cars pulling up behind me and I'm first in line to turn right. And there's a little bit of an incline, but not terribly. So uh, the stoplight turns yellow, then green. And I, I put it in first from neutral and I'm trying to ride it out and I stall it. And the worst when you're driving a stick for people that have never driven a stick or um, know what it is, but the worst is when you stall a car and there's people behind you because then you instantly automatically hit the panic button and then you start getting all sweaty and just freaking out. And the guy guy behind me is starting to honk and uh, when you stall it, you have to put it back in neutral or put your foot, uh, the, put the clutch in with your uh, left foot and then start start the car up again. And I, I keep on forgetting that because I'm in panic mode. So this guy's guy is behind me honking a um, hundred times and I'm panicking, just trying to turn the car over, turn the car over. And then I finally, and then, then the guy whips, whips around me and gives me the finger and probably yelling in German and I don't have no idea what he's yelling at. And the worst thing about it too is uh, for the, when you come in, most of the cars have decals on it, not like North America where it's just the color. There's a lot of decals where the comp- it's company brand or um, team brand. So on our cars, it says our team um, name. Or, so it says the, the team logo, sorry. So I got the team logo on my car and somebody's honking at me. And I hope, I hope they know I'm the import and I'm not great at driving a stick. I, don't, I didn't grow up with it. So then there's four four cars and one guy rips rips behind or around me goes up and I'm still freaking out freaking out and at this point I'm just giving it all the gas I have and then you hear the grinding the the clutch and short turning the story in short I got Germans yelling at me and probably half of my clutches rotten or grinded away but I finally got got out of the middle of the intersection almost and on my way to to uh, to the rink. So that was just a terrible situation and I hated 
being in that situation, I, my hands are sweaty just talking about that. But I'm getting better and better working on the stick. If you guys haven't tried driving a stick, I highly suggest it. It's fun. It keeps your mind off uh, looking at your phone or doing anything else because you have to constantly um, switch your gears or pay more attention to the road and, and more attention to the car. But So suggest it, but just be careful. Um, if you get in a panic situation <laughs> like me, don't. Don't panic too much. Try to take a deep breath. Put it in neutral, put in first, get out of there, you're good. I'm recording this episode on September 3rd, and now it's time for some facts of the day. Um, first one, in 1783, the Treaty of Paris was signed in Paris, which ended the American Revolutionary War between Great Britain and the United States of America. Um, another one is World War II. Britain declares war on Germany after invasion of Poland. And then six hours later, France quickly joined with Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and Canada. So for all you little history buffs, there's a couple things for you. <laughs> uh, there's a couple famous birthdays happening today. First one is the old flying ginger. I'm going to give you a couple seconds to see how many people actually know that one. The flying ginger is American snowboarder Sean White. Um, the other one is Evgeny Kuznetsov, friend and brother Charlie Sheen. If you got that reference, good for you. If not, then... Well... Screw yourself, I guess. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, got to give a little quick shout out to my baby sister. She had her birthday on August 31st. Um, she's the runt of the, the Osterberg litter. Uh, quick funny story about her is we were mini golfing in Florida. Uh, I don't know what we were doing down there, but my grandpa lives down there. I don't know if we were just visiting or... Or if there was a uh, spring break, I think we were just visiting. But we went to mini golf, and no offense, Chloe, but she doesn't have a ton of athletic ability. Great dancer, good at gymnastics, but hand-eye coordination and things like that. Sorry, Chloe, are just not there. But so we're playing mini golf in Florida, and me, and my older brother Zach, and Chloe. We're a group, and we were playing, and being as being brothers, Zach and I were a little bit competitive, so we always wanted to beat one another. So we're getting pretty heated, and Chloe was far off what we were scoring. Um, I think my brother was around 14, 13, 14, so I was around 10, and then Chloe was around like six, seven. Um, so we're playing mini golf. Zach and I are going head to head and Chloe's just falling behind. And Chloe was, wasn't doing so well. Not a surprise. Um, and she decided to take a full on swing 
and she was by the tee box and Zach and I were by the hole because we already we already played um and we weren't really looking at Chloe but she decided to take a full-on golf swing and there was a little bit of a ramp and Zach was right behind the hole and I was a little bit to the left and when Chloe hit the ball she didn't realize that Zach was there and the that there was a little bit of a, a ramp and what she was about to do. So she she hits the thing and she got she got pretty good wood on it and the ball is going down the middle of the hole. Zach and I are I think just chatting or chirping each other probably. I was probably saying nice metal mouth, nice gap in your teeth, you could probably fit you know what between those yeah. Um but so the ball goes down the middle of this hole and Zach's sitting there kind of leaning on his club and it ramps up and hits him right 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 in the you know the old bean bag <laughs> and he goes down like a sack of potatoes and I start laughing Chloe's laughing uh Zach's all pissed off and immediately comes after me for it even though I didn't had nothing to do with it but brothers fight um and I can still just to this day I can see the ball, <laughs> the ball going up and smoking him. Uh, but uh, that that's just a quick little funny story uh, that that involved my sister. But uh, yeah, so this concludes episode number two of Aussie's Overtime. Um. I want to thank everybody for listening in. Um, most importantly, for the feedback you guys have given me, um, whether it's good or um, um, criticizing um, some things I can learn and um, uh, change in my podcast. Uh, feel free to keep on giving giving me ideas. I would love that because. Uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I can't come up with idea after idea to talk about. So having you guys give uh me uh, me ideas is is nice to nice to have. So then I can obviously talk more, or, or I can shut up if you don't want to give me any ideas, which is fine. Um, do want to give a quick two little shout outs to all the Sparta Sarpsburg Spartel fans. Have a good season. Um, Miss you guys. Um, want to give out shout out to all the Dagendorf fans for your unbelievable uh, showing on Thursday and most importantly on Sunday's game. Uh, that w- that was a crazy game. I, I it, it was really really fun to play. Um, even though we we got to be pretty bad, that was still fun. The atmosphere was crazy. Um, all you guys are just so supportive of our team and. I just hope you guys know it's not not going unnoticed. That's for sure, uh, and I'm really excited to keep on playing at home and getting this season um, going and um, continuing on. But yep, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you guys have a great. Well, this will be dropping Thursday, but so I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend and. I will see you guys all in about a week, week and a half, for episode number three of Aussie's Overtime. See you later.